それではここで両選手に花束の贈呈です贈呈は株式会社ダイスウォレット CMO 西村雄貴様ですただいまより第7試合を行います青コーナー 178cm109.05kg ロッキーアカコールは 188cm109.45kg ミルコークロートップレーン There is something special about Mirko Krokop making his way to a ring to that song the look on his face and when he walked into the ring he looked over to his right saw Peter Ertz Give him a wink. Papa Day, I'm Roki, and we're getting ready to go to the Mintagon on Mintox. Ready? You ready? Let's get it on! Alright, let's go, champ. Come on. Ow, ow, ow! Yeah, so I know you've been training. Mm -hmm. You've got a fight coming up. We'll get to that in a bit. All but right. um, just wanted to get a little catch up on family, mm -hmm. uh, you know, work outside of the fight fight ring. What's going on with you? Ah, uh, man, yeah, it's uh, as everyone knows, it's crazy times right now. So um, you know, I'm definitely busy with fighting. Um, uh, I still I still do work remotely through um, Calvo's Insurance as well. Right. Um, but maybe just not as much work as I would normally do as when I'm in the office because they kind of understand that I'm trying to get a little bit more rest in between training now that I bumped it up. So right, works pretty well. And, you know, and then, of course, you know, we still got um, family stuff going on. Yeah, um, you're a family man. Yeah. Right? You got a daughter, right? Is yes. Right? Yeah. So she's 12. She's going to be 13. And, uh, man, you know, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a busy life with training, work, and, you know, spending time with them. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I love it, man. I just... Yeah. I'm really enjoying this part of uh, my life right now. So. So how's it handling a teenager in COVID? Uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> man, she's uh she's getting to the or I think she's already at that point where she's kind of too cool for me and uh yeah me and her mom now. So. Uh, she's 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 doing distance learning. Yes. Like everybody else. Yes. How is she liking that? Um, uh, it's okay. I mean, yeah. I think um. Well, actually, before COVID, she was actually talking about doing homeschool. So it's kind of interesting, like, the way everything worked out. Um, she was at Harvest, and um, but now she's in, in Lytium um, uh, distance learning. So, uh, But for the most part, I think she's, she's okay with that, and, you know, she's doing pretty well. You know, well, I got five kids. I don't know if you know that, but I got five uh, of them. <laughs> and yeah. uh, 
At least two of them are in college now, but um, oh. I've got a six-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 13-year-old, so it's very oh, challenging yeah. during this time, especially because they're in different schools. Yeah. One's in Japanese school, one's in Bishop, one's at SIFA, oh, wow. the charter school. Yeah. And they all have different schedules, right? Yeah. So it's so hard right now because, you know, you used to be able to just dump them in the four hours yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But now you're like, you're a teacher facilitator. And um, I've had some teachers on the podcast and we've talked about the challenges of distance learning. And it's, you know, that's the reality of it. You, you know, there's the timing is all different for every school. You got yeah. Bishop starting at 750. You got Japanese school st starting at 820. And, and then they don't take, like, the simplest stuff. They don't take lunch at the same time. Yeah. So, like, if you don't have your shit done, like, you don't have lunch prepared, and you're, you're saying to yourself, I'm just going to, you know, take lunch to go. Well, you can't take them because one's still in class. Yeah. And you can't just pop into McDonald's or something to get them something. So, you know, otherwise you have other problems if you leave your kids alone at home. Yeah. You know? That's got to be challenging. Man. Child Protective Services calls <laughs> you. Yeah. You know, like, hey, let me in. But, um yeah, so I'm glad the family's okay, though. Um, yeah, yeah, every, everything's yeah. good, yeah. Parents still with you? Uh, mom and dad, they're healthy? Or? Uh, yeah, um, for the most part, yeah. I mean, well, um, I'm mostly with my mom. Uh, okay. My, my, uh, I don't really communicate too much with my real dad. Okay. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, my, me and my mom have a really close relationship. So. Uh, I remember that. I think um, the first time I physically met you, because, you know, just for our audience's uh, background, Roki and I met on an online dating program called <laughs> yeah. Team Trash Talk. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's it's basically a brutal brutal uh, trash talking Facebook group, and that's kind of where I met him virtually. And then um, I think it was one of these. Uh, I think it was uh, what was the bar's name? It was um, Easy's. Easy's. Yeah. Easy's Tribe. I remember that. And uh, I remember you just kind of sitting on the bar and the bartender clearly knew you and you guys were, you know, um, you've been a regular there. And uh, it's, you know, it's kind of a neighborhood bar. Yeah, right? it's not it's not it's not. And it's owned by a married couple. And it's really nice. And I used to go there because my office is at the ITC. Yeah. So I just drive up there and then get a couple of drinks and then head home. And I'm seeing this silhouette of you. Right. And you're just kind of hunched over. And I noticed you kept looking at me and then looking away and then smiling. And then so I just thought uh, you enjoyed my conversation and you thought my jokes were funny that I was talking, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, you guys. So I get up and then I recognize your face because, you know, the lights weren't really. Yeah, it's bright, pretty dark. In right? there, yeah, it gets yeah. dark. So I only saw the side of silhouette of you. But once I saw your face, I was like, hey, you're Roki. And you're like, yeah, cause I and uh, as much as we go at it on um, on the trash talk, yeah, you were like really super cool, which I can't say for everybody because yeah, sometimes yeah, that, I, yeah, <laughs> you know, crazy in there, yeah. I'll bump into guys in real life and they'll want to like, you know, like jam. Yeah. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're 50. Come on, what are you doing? <laughs> man. But anyway, that's how I met you in real life. And ever since we've been really, you know, kind of cordial and cool. And so I'm glad you uh, decided to. Um, stop by the studio and uh, you know kind of entertain my hobby here which is um, you know I've, I've uh, decided when COVID started back in March and some of our listeners will know this is that I said you know I'm bored you know because we were in quarantine so mm -hmm. I started doing zoom interviews with people I knew 
And then I decided, okay, well, let me just expand that universe to people that I don't know so well and get to know them. Oh. You know, just kind of a time capsule, yeah, right, yeah. if you will. And then it started to form, and I said, well, I'm going to do 100 interviews, and then I'll stop. I'll, I'll interview 100 most interesting people I think mm -hmm. I know, right? And you're one of them because of your background and what you're doing, and you're putting Guam on the map, right, along mm -hmm. with a few other fighters that we both know and admire. And so that's why I called you in, and I'm glad you took me up on it, man. Oh, man, I appreciate that. All yeah. Right. So COVID-19 training, fighting. I know that you've posted some uh, challenges on Facebook and, and the kind of uh, challenges you go through as a professional athlete. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of misconception that, uh, at least by casual fans, not, not so much anymore, but in the past, mm -hmm. that MMA fighters were just scrappers. Yeah. You know, but that, that they weren't really professionals. But you guys are trying to fine-tune your body. You have very different uh, styles, all of you, yeah. right? And now you're in the heavyweight division, correct? Yeah, yeah, correct. And uh, so take us through what, you know, the difficulties and challenges of uh, COVID-19 is with training and getting ready for a fight. Yeah, so, I, I mean, right off the bat, it's, it's pretty obvious that a lot of the gyms um, aren't operating as they normally would, especially when it comes to full contact type gyms. So, um Essentially, what we're doing is um, I'm very limited in who I train with right now um, just because, you know, I want to play my part, too, in the community right. and um, keep everyone safe. So I'm, I'm very limited in who I train with right now. And, uh, you know, we try and take as, as much safety precautions as we can. And, um, and uh, along with having that limited amount of people to train with, it, you know, it can, it, can make, it can make it a little bit difficult because – you're not getting a bunch of different uh, bodies to train with to, yeah. to be as prepared as you probably could be going into a fight. Um, but, you know, that's like I said, I, I enjoy these kind of challenges because mm. when when you get that victory, it's just that much sweeter that you did it with those circumstances, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I'm pretty sure that around the world, it's they're having their challenges as well, you know. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, it's only been recently where the the local like. Uh, regular type gyms like a paradise and um custom fitness where i used to train i trained there as well um they opened up you know but they're at very minimal capacity so um yeah just just training training wise it's a whole lot different um i even set up i have a setup at my house now um you know where i got weights uh i got an aerodyne bike i got a bag so i do get a good amount of my training at my my house you know right. so i'm not out there you're not, I guess you got to do the Rocky thing, right? The, yeah, you know, Rocky yeah. one where he's punching the meat ba uh, yeah, yeah. The body bag. Of, uh, yeah, I mean, you almost have to do that, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to get creative now. And, uh, yeah, that's definitely um, been some of the challenges since this whole COVID thing has taken I mean, over. Well, that's that's kind of the, the downside too, right? You can, you can be as careful as you want. Mm -hmm. Still got to train at a high level. But you got to be careful because not so much that you're going to get COVID, but if you do, you get disqualified. You can't fight anymore. Yeah, and all that's that all that training's for nothing. Yes. Yeah. So actually, right now I'm um, really um, playing it safe with where I go and stuff like that because mm -hmm. I, matter of fact, I believe it's this Thursday. I have to take a test for for the UFC, a COVID test here. Right. And once I get that result, I have to send it to the UFC in order for me to even hop on my flight. Okay. And yeah. so, did, if it's a negative, I mean, if it's a positive, do they say take it again? Uh, and, I'm. I'm I'm pretty sure that they they'll pull me from the fight just oh. because it's that close already and just like that huh? yeah um, now that's what happened to Frank right yeah uh, he actually when he 
he he had already arrived at the actual UFC hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, his situation was pretty interesting because everyone he was with tested negative except for him. Oh wow! So that's what, I mean, it's just this whole. That's when you get to look above and say, I yeah, guess you just, know, divine intervention. Maybe he wasn't supposed to fight yeah, that day. Yeah, maybe you know. something terrible would have happened to him. Yeah, who knows, right? Yeah, who knows, yeah. man? This, it's good. This whole COVID thing is just crazy, <laughs> man. Yeah, what do you, what's your opinion? I mean, you know, politically incorrect, it's fine. Mm-hmm. What, what's your whole thought of COVID? Uh, you, like you said, you're very close with your mother. You don't mm-hmm. want anything to happen. Or we, we get all of that. We yeah. get all that. I got, I got a 74, 75-year-old mother, mm-hmm. too. I'm, I'm, I'm super careful. But I'm super careful around her when the flu season's around. Yeah, yeah. Food poisoning, mm-hmm. stairs, tubs. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm careful. Yeah. But I'm not to the point where I'm super paranoid. Like, yeah. this is just one more dangerous thing mm-hmm. that we have in this world. Yeah. You know, your father... You know, you, uh, you're a good son, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and you have uh, important people in your lives. What's your take on this COVID? Is it overblown? Is it just just right? Is it not enough? Uh, in my personal opinion, um, I believe the reaction and the way everybody's um, going about it, I believe it's it's a bit of a, um, it's overblown. Yeah. Um, I, I just think, man, you're, you know, like, I see so many people like shelled up and playing it so safe, just staying at home. And, you know, that, and, and I'm also seeing people are, they're just, they're, they're becoming unhealthy because they're just at home all day. Right, and right. It's like, man, at some point you gotta, you gotta understand that everything's a risk. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's there, I think you can find the fine balance of being safe, but also living, living your life, you know, like you, you don't want to be too sheltered up and, worried about this and and you know like you said there's still the flu yeah um the flu's still killing a lot of people um you know you can have a bad hamburger and die yeah yeah you know? I mean, it's just, <laughs> it doesn't mean you stop eating a hamburger yeah no i get it you know i don't want to sound ignorant or a uh, glib here and i don't want anybody listening to you to think the same thing mm-hmm. we're not being ignorant about it you know yeah. there is a difference between food poisoning and let's say COVID because you know if i get food poisoning i can't cough and give it to you right yeah we get that, but you're right. I think people are getting unhealthy. Mm-hmm. They're binge eating at home. Yeah, maybe drinking too much alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. Not getting out and um, socializing is not there. So they don't want to get out and exercise and run because that that was their socializing. Yeah, right. Um, and then mental wellness. Yeah, and I actually made a post about this, um, maybe about a month or so ago. About I had seen the numbers for the the death uh the um suicide related deaths right and man it was pretty um at that point it was i believe it was either about the same as the covid death uh rate and it's it's pretty scary how high it is yeah that's pretty alarming and the fact that it wasn't getting the attention that i think it should have got um that says something you know i mean man and and then i heard through um through a friend that their friend had um you know unfortunately committed suicide just because he slowly lost his job then mm-hmm. um then uh you know just losing everything here and there and he just didn't know what to do and you know unfortunately had to yeah um go that route and you know it's just it's sad i, I, don't, I don't like seeing that happen either you know well you know this isolation is um is truly a killer for some people yeah. especially people that are already sort of not well mm-hmm. or they they have um security issues within themselves and um, and I was looking at the numbers, 2007 to 2017. I was looking at pre premature death uh, causes. 
uh, heart disease was 28%, okay, uh, in that 10-year span. So if you kind of do the math with the population and, and the percentages, you're looking at 15 to 2,000 people dying prematurely of heart-related diseases. You know, and, and you can see that from the eating habits and, and uh, high salt and so mm -hmm. forth, right? But then you go into the uh, respiratory issues. They're about the same, 28% people dying of lung cancer, uh, mm. so forth and so on. Diabetes, check this out, 52%. Wow. <laughs> right? That's, that's from all the you know, soda pops and candies yeah. and chocolates, but also just lack of exercise and mm -hmm. so forth. Self-inflicted, 15%. 15%. Wow. That's like 2,000 people a year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 2,000 people within the 10 years. You know, it's, it's quite substantial. And uh, again, we don't have a coroner, uh, the official local coroner, that's kind of stamping out the official cause of death. So there's always this sort of, you know, this death plus COVID. Yeah. And it gets really depressing to see because obviously we don't like to see anybody die. Yeah. But when you start seeing the ages, you, you know, you're like, okay, 70, 80, 90. Mm -hmm. They've lived a good life, you know. Um, I'll be lucky to get to that age, right? I, <laughs> yeah. just, hit 50, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just hit 50 in yeah. August. So, um, but so it's not so much that that life is not as important, but there's so many other people who are in their youth mm -hmm. killing themselves. Yeah. 20, 18, 16, that's that's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, th I look at those numbers, and I think of my daughter, I think of my son, and I'm going, what is it that they're, you know, they're living a very abnormal period right now yeah. with all this isolation. Don't go play with your friends. Mm -hmm. Not because I think your friends are going to be bad. I don't want their parents to think we're responsible. You know, it's all this yeah. nonsense that starts to creep in. So, yeah, it's it's challenging to raise a family. It's challenging to, to be a good son. It's It's, like you said, I think it's overblown, but you want to do your part yeah right so uh, yeah i think it's just finding that balance you know again like and uh i you know i just tell my told my mom too recently you know just um try and be active and and you know just get healthy eat a little bit healthier now right. um instead of worrying so much about the the covid um right. which is i mean yeah, it's justified but just live a little bit you know and just focus on getting yourself healthy and then mm -hmm. you know yeah you, you have a higher um, chance of surviving so now, now how how old is your mom she's uh 49 49 yeah. okay she's a young lady yeah, younger she's young. than me <laughs> you could she, be my yeah. son <laughs> she uh she had me pretty young so yeah hey that's okay you know that, yeah that's why we're close you know we, that just means you have more time together. to spend with her brother yeah yeah that's good Did so that's you, why i want to see her you know just yeah of course i don't want her to get sick but at the same time i want to see her you know just get a little bit healthier and well, I mean, she's still a pretty healthy lady, so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not too worried if she does get it. Um, but well, you know, just don't. I just want her to dread on it and yeah, anybody don't get paranoid, right? It. Yeah, don't, don't get too carried yeah. onto it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I look at it as, um, you know, the recovery rates are so good. Yeah. So well, it's it's in the ninety three, ninety four, ninety five percent, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I know everybody worries about the positive case counts, but really all that means is that they have it, mm -hmm. or they had it. Because it's it's not quite known, yeah, and that's why you have to quarantine. If if we have a test that says you had it and you don't have it, we don't quite have that test yet. So that's mm -hmm. why everybody's like, "Well, you got to quarantine." Because yeah. if I already had it and I, I can't give it anymore, I don't have to yeah, quarantine. It's right? But yep. it's it's hard to to do that. Mm -hmm. So this is um, 
I don't think we're anywhere close to being finished mm-hmm. with this COVID um, project, COVID yeah, uh, around the world. It's actually pretty interesting because um, the actual current uh, flyweight champion of the UFC, yeah. he had a fight that was canceled. Uh, I want to say two, three, uh, but about three months ago, because mm-hmm. he he caught he had gotten COVID, um, oh, so he wow. was scheduled to refight it. You know, rescheduled his fight, mm-hmm. and just as he was getting ready to come back um, to fly out, I believe he tested positive again. Wow! And they're like, oh no, you know, like what's going on? And they're like, hey, let's let's uh, reschedule it again. And he ended up testing positive again. <laughs> so what it was is they found that whatever that test was he was using, right? Um, it just it was just showing I forget what they called it like some cer- certain type of um, shutter for the virus right. that he was just holding on to that but he wasn't um, well, he's, he's not, not contagious a, yeah not contagious yeah, yeah. Not contagious so yeah. basically he had to go get us a, uh, a blood test to sh- show that he wasn't and then finally it was clear able to fight and he was able to fight even yeah. though he would have tested positive on a regular type of COVID test you know so yeah I don't know if you follow baseball but the Dodgers won. <laughs> The World Series. Yeah, yeah, right? I saw that. So yeah. I'm my head again. But, um, but I, I bring it up not just to brag as a Dodgers fan, but um, but Justin Turner had COVID <gasps> right during the game. You know, oh, they, wow. they pull him out of the <laughs> eighth inning. You know, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah of, the, of the pivotal game six that they ended up winning and, mm-hmm. and winning the World Series after 32 years of not winning yeah. the World Series, right? So I felt sorry for him because he's here's this guy that's been on the you know Dodgers team for the last five or six years. Where he's um, he's been on that team that was almost there. You know, they lost the World Series uh, against the Red Sox, and then later on, it was revealed revealed that they were cheating. Yeah. And then he was on the NL uh, conference against the Astros, and then they they were know, cheating too, right? Cheating, cheating, <laughs> cheating. Right. So the only I guess the only legitimate team that beat us was the Nationals. But um, but uh, by then, you know, our, our, we were beat up as a team. We were like. I think the players sometimes, and, and as an athlete, professional athlete, you probably would know this. As would amateur athletes, you lose enough, you start to doubt yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and you say, "Oh, maybe I don't have it anymore." Yeah. And I think that's what was happening to that team because they're so they were a team that was supposed to win. Yeah. And they they kept losing the big games, and everybody was saying, "Man," and then they finally went. I think this year was the difference was, it was revealed that they were cheating. Yeah. And rather than take the title through forfeit they said no we don't want mm-hmm. to get it that way we want to we want to earn it earn yeah. it i think at the at the back of their mind during the the tight part of the series they were down by the uh, they were behind three games to the braves they came to win you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> three straight <laughs> so i think that's what motivated them as as a as an athlete saying okay we're not going to lose it's not like last year or the yeah. year before that was different mm-hmm. this year it's on us to win and i think that's what happened but the point of uh, bringing up Justin Turner and the Dodgers was that he got COVID or he tested positive, not that he had it. He just tested positive. Yeah. So they had to yank him up protocol out of the game on on the uh, eighth inning. So he mm. was just precariously missing because the announcers didn't even know. Uh-huh. And we're like, why is that guy in third base? Where's Justin? You know, they're about to win the World Series. Yeah, you, yeah. you would think he would want to. Oh, maybe he got injured. No. So he got pulled out. The Dodgers uh, take the ninth inning. They win the World Series, and you know how they all bum yeah. rush that that scene you see of yep, every yep. baseball and basketball teams that win. And poor Justin couldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm so sorry Can't for imagine. him. I know, man. And uh. so they, he did come out later after the game for the team photo, and then you know most people understood, right? Then yeah. there's the trolls. They're like, 
That guy doesn't care about anybody. (laughs) But, you know, the reality is this guy's been playing baseball in the bubble with these guys. And in that particular case, that game, Mm -hmm. right, for three hours, I think if... If he was going to give it, he would have given yeah, it during that time. They already got it, yeah. <laughs> Not when he was notified, right? It's like people are so dumb. People think uh, the virus has some kind of like brain, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, you tested positive. Now you're now you're <laughs> contagious. Yeah. No, I've been contagious like the last whole week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we talked a little about how training's different, fighting's different. Well, let's get back to you, right? Like, so I was looking at your record, and, uh, you know, I try to follow a lot of sports, but I don't get into the weeds for fighting because um, it's just so many fights. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. like a, 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 like a, like baseball where it has a season, right? Fighting yeah. is all year just, round. Yeah, it's year round. So it's hard to keep track of everybody unless that's all you do. But you've got a, you've got an impressive record. You got 15 uh, wins. And now that's, that's just professional fights, right? Yeah. Not, professional. Yes. Right. So 15 professional fights, victories, you have six losses and two draws. Mm-hmm. So you got like 23 professional fights under your belt. And I was looking at your stat sheets, and uh, you've got like a 53% knockout ratio. So you, that's kind of your MO, huh? Yeah. You uh, get them in I, the chin or somewhere. I guess, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> definitely like what I prefer, how I prefer to win. And, you know, yeah. I guess how fans rather see, or prefer people to I keep, fight. Or well, I kept see. reading about your head, headlock. What's the headlock move that you do? Oh, it's called a um, scarf hold, yeah. Okay, and that's your it's, little it's signature? It's just the old school. Uh, not necessarily mine, but yeah. not too many people use it. But it's. Uh, I think I've seen it in Dededo <laughs> when I was growing up at the bus stops. <laughs> yeah, it's an old school wrestling. I mean, just a I real basic. I think Melker basic, perfected that. Yeah, yeah no. it's an old school wrestling move, man. Yeah. One of the most basic ones. <laughs> well, you know, Melker and I go back because he used to ride my school bus. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was a little kid. He was like, uh, I want to say five or six or seven. Um, I was, I'm much older than him, so I'd get in, and he's already in the bus, and he's, you know, a cute little kid, you know, <laughs> and he had long hair and skinny kid, and, but he was such a, like, like an aggro kid, you know? yeah. he'd always get in the fight before the school would, uh, bu- bus would get to get to St. John's, and he's a St. John's kid. You know? wow. <laughs> when you back in those days, many many years later, after gotten off island, went to college, came back, and I run into Milk. I go, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I've been fighting." I go, "No, like, what do you do?" He goes, "I've been fighting." I said, "Oh, okay, perfect <laughs> kinda, for you." Yeah. <laughs> Perfect for you. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I've heard he was a rough kid, man. He was a rough kid, man. Yeah. And, and that's where kind of I was getting at. Like, you weren't always fighting. Um, you were in football, I think, right? Yeah. So growing up, I've I've had my fair share of fights. Um, I actually, not a lot of people know I lived in Agate for a little bit. Yep. I went to uh, Agate Elementary, um, then even Truman Elementary in Santa Rita. And uh, so yeah. I would get picked on, of course, because, um, you know, I... I, I definitely have the lighter skin, how they yeah. look, you know. It's funny because I'm actually mostly tomorrow. Like my my real dad's full tomorrow, my mom's half tomorrow. So, but oh. she has just that that half of how the Irish and uh, Native American. But you know, okay. So I've had my fair share of um, you know people. Hey, you're not you're not real tomorrow. This and that. So you know, <laughs> was, there's a lot of fights there, and uh, I was getting into trouble a lot. And um, yeah, I ended up going to uh, Washington State when I was about 12 years old. My mom, uh, she. Uh, okay. She was medically discharged from basic training in the military, but she just wanted to me and her to move out there and uh, have and a time she, out, right? Yeah, and she she ended up uh, pursuing an, another career and uh, and yeah, I was out there and I got I, that's when I was um, really I got involved in a lot of sports mm-hmm. um, through junior high and high school. Right, um, I was I 
did three sports, um, football, wrestling, and track. Um, it was like it's almost preparing you to a fight, yeah, fight career. Yeah. Right? So, and the thing with, with football, that was my main sport. And um, the football coaches always wanted me to wrestle because it always helped, you know, of course, transition into into football. And you're, right. and at that point, too, you're also staying uh, active throughout the school year. Sure. You're always into sports. and it gives you that torque, right? Yeah. So I always wrestled, played football. Uh, my passion was definitely football. I wanted to play college football. Um, I did pretty, pretty decent in high, in high school football. Um, my only downfall was, uh, towards the, I want to say my junior and senior, I started slacking in my grades. I just kind of mm-hmm. want to say I hit like a little bit of a rough spot yeah. in my younger years. Um, at the time my mom was, uh, married to, um, uh, my stepdad, uh, at the time. And, um, they kind of had this, uh, divorce separation thing going on and, uh, I didn't realize it till after it passed how much it affected me. Sure, sure. And I had that rap, that rough point in my uh, younger years, and my grades started falling. And there goes, you know, chances at football scholarships. Uh, my whole se- my senior year in high school, I missed a good amount of games just because of grades. Mm. And I was, um, I was one of the, uh, um, you know, prospects that were, you know, had the potential. Like there was um, colleges I could have played at, and right, um, kind of. Missed out on that, so man. Missed you know, opportunities. Missed right? opportunities, and I didn't realize it till after. And um, shortly after high school, I uh, got involved in uh, mixed martial arts training just through um, a couple of my friends. They they joined the MMA gym. Okay. And they is this like, hey, here this or still, in Washington still State? In Washington, yeah. Okay. So they asked me if I wanted to check it out, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll check it out with them. And so two of my friends, and so three of us high school friends training MMA, like boxing, wrestling. Right. Um, and uh, and before you know it, like one friend dropped out, then the other <laughs> friend dropped out, and there right, I am. I'm like, right. yeah, I'm still here, you know? Yeah. Like, I never I, I never expected to fight MMA. I just did it just to stay active. And right. I, I was I loved playing sports, so it was my way to just be active. And, um, and I just I got an opportunity for my – coach at that time he said oh do you want to try an amateur fight mm-hmm. and uh man i had my first amateur fight uh, the funny thing was i lost my first amateur fight and uh and since then i've stuck with it and the f- interesting part is that my last ufc fight was almost exactly to the day that i had my first mma fight 15 years prior so oh wow yeah so it was interesting the way everything worked out yeah. and um yeah 15 years of competing actual competition in MMA right and so that's sort of how I got into MMA it was just you know always in sports and uh and also to my god brother who was a a Mexican um kid his family was Mexican they're all boxers so mm. I was always I was around it a lot with him and is that um, why you like the striking part of of it um I'd say play played a pretty big part in it yeah. but at the same time I just, <laughs> it's to me it's the more fun part of fighting yeah because you know you, you do kind of mimic and and do things that you grow up looking yeah, at right yeah. and that's kind of how you're comfortable with anything yep. like, whether whatever sports you're doing you know you watch a uh if you're into basketball and you see michael jordan and kobe do uh do a move you yeah, end up that's you know, the one you want to do yes yeah, yep. the one you you do on the courts yep. and um you know not quite as good as they but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's in your mind <laughs> in your you're mind, kobe yep. right uh, you're you're uh, michael but um yeah so like as a fighter you know like i think all athletes have some type of like ritual or uh you know and it's everybody's different right when mm-hmm. i get when i used to competitively play uh 
volleyball, uh, whether it was in high school or later on beach volleyball tournament. You know, it wasn't for like millions of dollars, but it was still, you want to win, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't care what level, <laughs> yeah. you want to win. Yep. You don't go in there and go, oh, I hope I lose. No, that's so, <laughs> you know, you do get yourself into a certain mindset, um, you know, and if, you know, in some cases, and if you don't have youth on your side anymore, like mm -hmm. I, I don't, right? I have to like be a lot more um, purposeful, yeah. you know? I have to eat better, sleep better, even use the word train, you know, which mm -hmm. normally as a young kid, you just, you're just ready. Yeah. Right. So what do you go through now? You're not young buck anymore. You're mm -hmm. not, you're not, you know, you're not naive and young. You're not old and done. Yeah. You're right in the middle. You're, this is your sweet spot period. I think, um, more so for MMA. Cause it's a, it's a mind, mind, uh, mind comes towards that, towards the middle part. I think, I think with like basketball or, football and then you really do need that young body yeah you know you yeah need you that. have to for those ones man yeah but i think with the fighting game it is i want to say maybe even more mental than physical sometimes mm -hmm. just listening to the successful fighters you know just the way that they carry themselves they're thinking yeah. people they, mm -hmm. they look like thugs but they're thinking people yeah. you know so tell me about the mental preparation the physical preparation what you do before uh, a fight and, and I'm not talking months months I'm talking like I want to say the hour before you know the bell rings mm -hmm. what, yeah what, man, that, that that whole hour before the bell rings is like a, it's a roller coaster ride like emotionally yeah. you know um, like I said I've been doing it for about 15 years and those those nerves and stuff are still the same still it doesn't there. really go away and yeah. you just learn to to deal with it and 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 at the same time I, it's I always tell people it's like a natural high for me. Yeah. Like that that feeling you can't you can't get it doing anything. I haven't found anything that comes close to giving me that emotional that high. Like pure adrenaline. Yeah, out. it's just it's something else. Like you feel like sometimes like, oh man, I don't feel like I can control my body the way I usually do. Like am I gonna be able to do it when it really counts, you know? And it's right. that's where you learn to really have to control those emotions and and now I just enjoy it. Now I just I learn I learn to enjoy those emotions because yeah, of course it's not going to last too much longer, right? So, sure. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough, but once you once that I get in the cage and everything is just boom, I feel like that's where I belong, you know. I I think that's what it is because I grew up around. I'm not a you know naturally aggressive guy, but I I I, may, I have so many different kinds of friends, and I and I do have my fair share of aggressive friends you know guys. Oh, yeah. i'm usually the guy that's pulling them back hey it's not worth it <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not worth it right i said let's go somewhere else i'm the party guy um but i know that you know with fights like if it's if it's an amateur fight and i don't mean like uh organized fight i mean like just a scrap street mm -hmm. fight i think the minute whoever is starting it or or um or maybe even just getting involved the f the minute you get hit in the face, that's when you're like, oh, I wish I didn't get involved, you <laughs> yeah. know. But in a professional fight, it must be different because the minute you get hit in the face or your, your shoulders or whatever, once you feel that contact, that sort of just, you know, takes all the worry away and you just go into mode, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I, for I, me, I, um, that's what I'm I think a lot of people see that in, with me is it really brings out my uh, – that switch side that yeah. I have, you know, when people say, Oh, can you turn on that switch? Like, yeah, that's usually when mine comes on is once I get hit, like, it's like, okay, then here we go. You know, like, yeah. Cause that's tough. Like, you know, yeah. you get in a ring, you're, he's, <laughs> he's in the corner, you're in the corner, you go in the middle, you've had no beef with this guy. Yeah. You shake hands, you, you know, you're respectful. 
and then you're expected to beat the shit out of the yeah. guy. You know, it's it's. I gotta say that that's a tough switch to just turn on. Yeah. That's why I think some of these guys have to be savage during the mm-hmm. pre-fights, just because they need that yeah, extra I, I, edge. I, I do. I I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. And, you know, of course, then there are the handful of fighters too who, when they do get hit hard, they kind of go, oh, shut, they shell up a little bit, oh, like oh, yeah. you know, like yeah. uh, you can kind of see them like curl yeah they don't want to be there anymore yeah, they don't want to be there anymore yeah. and, and i think there's there's uh that's what separates like those guys with the real fighter mentality and the yeah. ones who are there on pure pure sport you know i get it i i think so i'm you know i'm like i said i'm by no means a uh, professional fan you know i don't know the the fight game as well as some of these uh guys that watch it religiously but but i know people and I can just tell when someone's folding. You know, yeah. you can tell because yeah, sports is it. just same. You yeah. know, there's just some people that are gonna step up and hit that home run, mm-hmm. step up and make the foul you know, free throw. Yeah. And there's some guys that are gonna take that punch and counter, and you're like, yeah, you know, that's what makes the greats of the greats. Right? Yeah. And um, and I don't think it's uh, it's something you can hold on to. I think even the greats lose it at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw that with Mike Tyson. You saw that with uh, yeah. some of the other fighters where. They just don't want to get hit anymore. You yeah. know, they're like, oh, it's too much. Yep. You know, <laughs> so that's Definitely. why you got to hang it up at some point. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you're going to you get know, beat yeah, up yeah, in there. You have to know when to hang it up. Yeah. So I was, uh, yeah, when I was looking up your um, record, I was, it, your birthday popped up and it told me you were 34. But, but what was more significant to me was that your birthday's March 4th. Mm-hmm. That's my dad's birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's passed away since. But yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Well, now uh, I can never like, you know, I I gotta consider you like part of the family. <laughs> you got my you got my dad's birthday, so God yeah, right on. yeah. March, for, you know, his name was Mamoru, which means protect in Jap- Japanese. Oh wow! So I'll, I'll nick that? I'll nick nickname you Mamoru. Okay. I say, hey man, go get oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about your last fight, and uh, I watched a little bit of it, and in fact, um. What was it? You were on a sh- you were on a podcast with some guy. Um, What's his name? John Ho or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, is that right? John Ho? Yeah. Yeah. And this is right before you were going to fight. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying something about, you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a, you know, it's just the mm-hmm. guys throwing punches, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I like that attitude, like you weren't too worried about it. But obviously, it's more than that. You know, once yeah. you get in that ring, you're trying to size him up. And this guy was a big dude. Yeah, he was a big guy. What, how was it, like 6'2", 6'3"? Yeah, he was about 6'2", or 6'3", at, right. at minimum. Yeah, he, is, he yeah. had some height and a good size guy. Yeah, and so you you usually, and I guess this is, you know, where the fighting game is fairly fair. You know, you kind of fighting some guys, your weight. But when you get to the heavyweight level, now you're dealing with height and weight, mm-hmm. which is, I think... Uh, more difficult than necessarily weight because the reach, mm-hmm. right? And it's harder to get to them. So what did you learn from that fight? What, what, did, what went right? What went wrong? What, you know, what was that mindset after the, after the fight? Um, to start out with, everything went wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because uh, Now, we should preface, you, you were last-minute sub-in, right? Somebody, yeah. Somebody, so, so you didn't even have a lot just the of, way that, that popped up was just a crazy yeah. ride. But, uh, yeah. you know, I... I'm, I train frequently, so it's not like I wasn't prepared, you know. I, I'm ready to take a fight at any time. Um, but with him, man, he was a very, very high-level uh, wrestler, which I, I I knew when I researched him because I was trying to research a lot of his stuff while I was um, flying to Vegas because it was such last minute. I was like, okay, I need to check this guy out. And 
I realized um, that he was on the national team for his his country for right. wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a very decorated uh, grappler as well, so I knew it was going to be a definitely tough challenge. And uh, you had a puncher's chance. Yeah, there's, but you weren't going to wrestle him. Yeah, yeah you weren't going to wrestle him. Yeah, I just yeah. I, and in my head I was thinking, okay, I think my wrestling's good enough so that he can't take me down. You know, right? Um, I, I guess I was being naive. Like yeah. he's not going to take me down. It's good enough to to defend that but um quickly learned that uh <laughs> it's high level you know and uh at the same time i also learned like uh i believe i i stepped away from my base my basic wrestling stuff i, I want to mm-hmm. say i wasn't working on wrestling as much as i should should be right. and um and that's what i've done a lot more lately i just working on everything now really everything you know and uh and uh but i like these type of losses you know i to be honest, I was embarrassed. I was exposed. You know, here I here I am, and here are a lot of people thinking like, you know, hey, Roki's pretty good. He can he can compete with these these some of the best guys in the world. And and in my head, I was okay. I can beat a lot of these good guys in, in the right the elite level. And uh, man, I got exposed, got embarrassed, and um, but at the same time, I know I can do so much better. You know, right? And. Uh, which is why I, I like this loss because it, you know, it eats at me. Um, just that feeling, especially after I had already lost and they're gonna getting ready to raise his hand, you know, and I was just mm-hmm. sitting there and I just knew, I was like, man, no, I'm coming back and it, there's no way I'm gonna let people remember me, this kind of fighter. Right. Um, I'm better than this and I just need to show it. And so, so man, I've just been busting my butt off, you know, since that yeah. loss. So it seems like you, you didn't, you may have maybe just lost a little bit of mojo at that end. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, man, I fucked up. You know, yeah. I wish I did better. But you didn't give up, you know, you, and you didn't lose your confidence. Mm-hmm. And because um, that's what I was going to ask you. I said, it, you know, at some point, did you just say, man, it's time to give it up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be as good. Or did you, like you said, but you answered the question. I think it motivated you for this yeah. next fight. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. And of course, I'm not going to lie and say that those those little uh, thoughts were creeping on in my head like hey man maybe yeah. you know that maybe you're not at this level right but i just yeah that's part of i think being a champ and being being uh you know a really good athlete is you have to learn to um overcome those you know yeah i think that's part of the challenge too i mean you were i mean just what you were explaining to me like some of these camps they're pretty sophisticated right they've like you're doing your research on the fighter on the way there, yeah. you know, you, these guys have like, they probably had binders of you already. <laughs> they like, and the fighter didn't have to do that. You know, he had a team that's going to help him do that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of thing. That's kind of the challenges of Guam, small market. You know, I know that fighters, I know many of the fighters here that uh, over the period of years, the, the ones that have had longevity, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, part of their thing is they have a crew, but it seems like the fighter crew, they, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, saying anything. I'm not criticizing, but as a businessman, you know, I the way I'm going to be successful is I'm not going to just put in all all guys like me, right? I need an attorney. I need a mm. CPA. I need a, you know what I mean? Yeah. I need specialists to help me become successful. So, like, I would like one day uh, to have a, a fighter t- a team that's assembled using. Our brightest, t- you know, br- best and brightest of different, you know, a statistician, mm-hmm. you know, a trainer, a yeah. physical trainer, uh, this and this, you know, and, and and leave the fighting to the fighting guys. But 
the fighting game is so much more than just getting in the ring and and doing techniques now you know mm -hmm. it's it's really data driven yeah. and, and it helps to have the tape and it has you know helps to have someone break down well this guy is you know 50 percent you know knockout artist so chances are that's how he's going to try to yeah. get you you know yep. versus this guy is 89 percent submission guy and you might know that eventually but especially when you're in the ring yeah <laughs> but it would be nice to have it during that three-month period or whatever yeah. period you get to train right so well that's the thing i'm loving about this fight is i've had uh way more advanced notice than right. this last one so you know there's a lot of uh that's what i do too when i'm bored and i yeah. can't think of anything to do at home in between training i'll just pop on his fight and just keep watching stuff he, he has habits of doing and stuff like that well th so. this guy has the same nickname almost as the other guy yeah <laughs> his name is kong yeah the other guy's king kong yep what is it about it's kong that these guys <laughs> like uh this guy's no puppy either. He's six six. Yeah, he's a tall guy. Pretty big, good two, size. Two hundred and sixty two, but you know, that means leverage, right? You gotta go low. Yeah. That's why. He's twenty eight <laughs> though. Yeah. Yeah. It's what, called the youth. Yeah, it's called the youth youth. But um, but you are so much more experienced with the, in than him in professional fighting. Mm -hmm. He's only got uh, eleven under his belt. Um so yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to watching that fight. That's when November fourteenth. 14th. 15th okay. on Guam, yeah. And and how does that get, uh, is it just streaming or is it televised? Uh, ESPN Plus app or okay. um, UFC Fight Pass. All right. So, um, yeah, it's, those are two uh, best ways to get to watch it. So I know that, yeah, you know, you kind of got ahead of me. I, I was going to ask you, I said, so, you know, based on the lessons from the last fight, you know, you have you, have you been training for something else or – are you going to stick to your cocktail that worked for you in the past, you know, mm -hmm. a, a balanced uh, regimen? Are you going for something different with uh, with a taller, bigger fighter? or uh, How does that work? Not necessarily. I think if I apply the the my style of fighting and just make sure that I do what I want to do in the fight and dictate, right. how, dictate how, how the fight goes, then um, I definitely feel like – it should be a fight that I should win, you know. Right. I'm, I'm really actually feeling really good about this fight and the matchup style. Um, I just know once I get in there and um, it starts, man, I'll just be able to figure out what to do. And, It'll click, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I'll just I'll, through my studying of his film, I know his, his habits and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm excited for this one. <laughs> well, that's good. And, um, you know, I think, like you said, the, the, the last loss is going to, it woke you up to what you yeah. need to do. So yeah. I, I, I totally uh, am on board with your mindset. I think you're going to do much better. Um, the, uh, you know, your, your total record, we talked about that earlier, 23 professional fights. Mm -hmm. Now, win, draw, or lose, you must have like three, you know, give me the top three fights that have so far been like your favorite, even if you lost, mm -hmm. even if it was a draw. That was like, man, that was a fun fight. Uh, or I gave it my all. Uh, let's go from three, two, and one. Um, let's say I, I would say three would probably be uh, 2016 mm -hmm. when um, I kind of made somewhat of my comeback on Guam fighting because I hadn't fought in Guam for a few years prior to that. And I fought this uh, as a Japanese opponent. And yeah. man, it was a really fun fight. It was, was it? just <laughs> what I remember is just we were just throwing back and forth. And he was also so tough. He just didn't want to go down. I was—I mean, I was hitting him with some hard shots, and uh, he just took—he just took it and just kept coming at me. And um, 
I finally was able to knock him out, but yeah. uh, just such a tough guy, and but a really fun fight. And I mean, just just to give an idea of how tough the guy was, he had a fractured uh, orbital, and he actually couldn't even fly out after the fight just because of you know the doctors didn't want right. that pressure and the stuff pressure, like that. Yeah. So um, yeah, just definitely a memorable fight for me, and then just kind of got the it's been a while since squam had seen heavyweight fights too and the way right. it, that roar again that i felt I was like oh man it's yeah. cool to cool to feel this again you know yeah. since it's been so long especially on home base huh? yeah on yeah. home base and so i would say that's number three um number two what i want to say is um when i fought uh crow cop mirko right uh this actually is a tough one between two and one my one and twos but I mean, that was a when, household name. Yeah, that was, yeah. for me, that was big, man, growing up watching him fight. Yeah. Um, and and just the experience when I walked out to that fight in Saitama Super Arena, there's over 27,000 people. Wow. And uh, I remember me walking out, and I was just so excited. And then when his intro, his entrance song kicked in, and he uses the same, he's been using the same one for years. It's Duran Duran, uh -huh. uh, Wild Boys. Yeah. Once it kicked in and... He's walking out. I'm like, sit, I'm in the ring, and I'm like, man, I'm about to fight one of the best, if yeah. not the best heavyweight striker that ever competed. You know, it's a dream, it just, right? It's like a dream. Yeah, it was like a dream. Whoa. So that's just, I cannot even describe that that high I had that day. And that fight was just, even though I lost, but yeah, that high that I had, everything leading up to that, sure. just that was man, that was amazing, man. And uh, I definitely. mean, not everybody could say, hey, I, I, I. I struck that, yeah. you know, I struck him, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to punch him in the face. Yeah, man, I, <laughs> that, was, that was something else. And yeah. then uh, I'd say number one that's right up there, too, is when I first won the heavyweight title in PXC on Guam in 2007. Yeah. <clears throat> I just remember, like, I mean, the people who, who knew me pretty well and were training with because I was fairly a new face to MMA on Guam. Right. Uh, they, I don't think a lot of people knew I fought a few times in the States. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But um, I remember not many people were giving me a chance against this monster of a guy from Saifan, you know, um, Charles Aiken. And <clears throat> I remember it was a back-and-forth fight, another brawl. and Yeah, I remember it being bloody. Well, I, actually, it wasn't too bloody. No, no maybe I'm thinking one. of another it fight. It might have been, yeah, it might have been another fight. Okay. Maybe when I fought Kelvin from Saifan. Oh, Kelvin, yeah. yes, yes, Kelvin. But, uh, but, man, that title fight is just back-and-forth. And I remember that was the second round, and he came charging at me, and... It just everything came in slow motion when I I knocked him out, you know, like yeah. um, ref came in and that energy I felt in in the yeah. ULG was just something else, man. Everyone was throwing chairs. <laughs> I mean, people still tell me about it to this day, like that rumbling, the chairs being thrown, and yeah, just that the whole energy, like man, that was that was that was up there for me as far as a memorable not bad moment. for a kid from Agate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but um. I mean, going back to the uh, the second fight and the you know twenty seven thousand people in an arena, mm -hmm. right? Whether they're for you or against you, I mean, you're there, yeah. Right? You you earned your spot in that uh, in that uh, ring. And uh, maybe you have had this thought, maybe you haven't, but I'm thinking back to when you had that regret about not making it to football. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not. Maybe that was meant to be, you yeah. know, you were meant to be in that ring, 27,000 mm -hmm. people with one of your, you know, childhood heroes uh, yeah. in the striking game. And, and, you know, who, who can say, not taking any away from you on football, but who can say you would have ever been in the same situation yeah. on a field with 
you know, professional football players, yeah. right? I mean, that I think, was... Yeah, I think about that all the time. And yeah. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, you have to look at your journey and know that everything happened for a reason. I yeah. think you, you just have to. You can't look back and say, oh, I wish it happened this way or that. Right. And and the way that things worked out for me, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. Like, I yeah. can't, I don't think I can be any happier than I am now, the way everything's yeah. working out for me. Yeah, I, you know what? Uh, and I think there's something to that. We talked about that mental wellness earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been here for a long time, as you know, and I've seen fighters come and fighters go. And, you know, I can tell, like, when a fighter's got, he's grounded, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they have support, like family, yeah. got good, str- strong family support. Even if, you, you know, your parents divorced early on, you have a very good, solid relationship with your mother. Yeah. And, you know, you've got uh, a child to take care of. And, you know, and you take these things very seriously. And then you, t- you have a day job, mm-hmm. right? And then you're, you're training just as hard um, for every, har- uh, every fight. And you can just tell. There's an aura about you, like, like uh, there is with Frank, mm-hmm. that you, you guys are truly professional fighters. Like, you take this... Yeah, yeah. Fr- man, Frank's a really good guy too, man. Yeah, you know, and then you guys exactly are just what you so yeah. easygoing outside of the ring. You yeah, know? you're not like this dick. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe sometimes you are, but I would, I would know. I've never, I've never met that version of you. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I could just tell with the aura, like some people who are very comfortable with themselves and knowing what they're doing, what they have to do, versus somebody that's sort of stuck in this stereotype of, oh, you're a fighter, so yeah. you always have to be tough. You always have to be, you know, angry. You yeah, always have yeah. to kind of have a chip on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You can tell those are the guys that are pretty insecure with themselves, you yeah. know, whereas, and they're always looking for a fight. Yeah. You know? And I was actually just uh, talking to my fiance the other day on the, we were watching a UFC and yeah. there's this, this this guy who had just a heck of a performance, knocked the guy out cold. Yeah. He comes back in his interview and he's just such a soft-spoken guy. He's like, oh, you know, um, I'm hoping I can get the, 50,000 knockout bonus because um, I think his, his son's birthday is coming up. Oh, he yeah. just had a bunch of things going on right. with his kids. And he's like, you know, that'll help out a lot. And just a real soft-spoken guy. And I was like, I was telling her, I was like, man, I, I, there's something I, I love about these type of people who right. are who are like that and just real humble. And unfortunately, the way sports have gotten now is you have to be kind of like that. Showboaty. The showboaty, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Or, and it's like, perfect example is uh, Connor. And man, he's one heck of an athlete. Right. Um, and I'm sure at some point he was grounded, but then you kind of saw where he started getting to the legal type things. You kind of yeah. think like, okay, maybe it got into his head a little bit. But yeah. people love that though. At the same time, you know, that's drama, entertainment. So yeah, I think there's a certain amount of money you earn. Yeah. Let's say a hundred million. At that point, you do lose touch of reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because everybody wants something from you, mm-hmm. and uh, the way to get it is just simply throwing money at them. Yeah. Whereas before, if you need something from somebody, you'd have to reach out and develop an actual relationship with them. Yeah. And they have the option of telling you to go fuck off. Yeah. Hard to say fuck off, you know, to a million dollars being handed to you yeah. or, or a job or something, you know. I mean, so, yeah, I think that's always sort of the test for these sort of worldwide fame and acclaim. Once you hit a hundred million mark. Um, in your payday, yeah, you do go a little cuckoo, I think, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but maybe this is gonna ground him a little bit, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, and hopefully he goes back to you know that how he used to be, you know. He used to be a, like, yeah, you. He was a scary dude. Now yeah. it's more a little showy. Who who's yeah. a scary guy right now? That's top name, top billing, that you you respect and you say 
He's not so flashy, but boy, is he dangerous. What, like, uh, well, off the top of my head, yeah. he just retired as uh, Habib. Okay, yeah. Habib, yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. He's, he's a very um, close with his dad yeah. style. Like He's uh, almost crazy humble. Yeah, right? and, but, you know, he's probably the most dominant champion we've ever seen. So um, he's a good example, too, you know. Yeah. What do you think of, uh, what's, what is, what's his nickname, Street Jesus? Oh, uh, Masvidal. Masvidal, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, man, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his, uh, he's, uh, He's, the thing with him is, man, he's been fighting for a long time, and I've actually been a fan of him for a long time. Right. And he he wasn't that guy who was like real showboaty style, and mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't do that before. And I want to say like, uh, I, I, it's tough with him because I'm, now I'm seeing him with the fancy stuff, and right. you know, I'm wondering if he's gonna get there. But I still think he's still down to earth kind of guy. But he's just a real. Uh, he grew up pretty rough in uh, Miami too, so you yeah. Gotta, I saw some old footage of yeah. him and the street uh, fighter the street with Kimbo, yeah. Kimbo, Kimbo yeah, Slice, yeah. yeah. So you have to kind of understand that that's his. That's how he grew up, you know. So yeah. you, you understand why they may be like that, you know. Well, I was watching his. Um, I was going. I was on YouTube a couple nights ago, and he popped up, and he has like this sort of uh, video podcast series. Yeah. And I was like, oh, let me just click on it and watch. It was interesting to see him. He seemed like a normal guy, yeah. just you know, easygoing. Um, but like you said, I think deep inside with, you know, regardless of all the fanfare, he seems to be, uh, a humble fighter. Mm-hmm. I mean, confident. I, I, I think a lot of people misunderstand humble, Yeah, you know, like with the confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Hum- you can be a humble fighter and still be extremely dangerous. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're always, you know, being nice to everybody. It just means that you're not going to get involved with so much of the antics. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not a showboat. And, uh, but I think he really disliked that one fighter that he knocked out with his knee. Um, oh yeah. Askren. Yeah. Askren, actually he yeah. was the one talking the most crap. Anyways, yeah. So. I think that's, that was personal. For yeah. Me. That was like, that's why he was like that. Cause honestly, he's always putting his hands back. He's, yeah, yeah. he's always in a sort of a non-confrontational posture. Uh, and then when you're, when you're, uh, when you watch his posts, it's got a common theme. It's like, this is what happens to you when you trash talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, this guy's all right. <laughs> so, you know, you always hear, that, you know, it's a baller's life. It's this life. Fighter's life, right? And um, is there such a thing? Is there such a thing as a fighter's life? Um, Yeah, I would say so. Like, yeah. um, you know, like a lot of, a lot of it's a real, uh, it's a grind, man. It's a grind, you know? right? It's I was a grind, say. like, yeah. um, with fighting, especially MMA in general, mm-hmm. um, in particular, I'm sorry, um, as opposed to stuff like boxing, um, MMA, you have to really work everything. Like, there's mm-hmm. not just, like, boxing can work your hands, footwork, stuff like that. Right. And MMA, you get in the mat. Yeah. You know, you grind in your yeah. ears and, you know. MMA is everything, you know. You have to work where you sh- work on your striking, right. grappling, wrestling, conditioning, you know. So it's just, it's just a nonstop grind and you just got to keep finding ways to get better at everything you know yeah so like if you know you're looking back at young you know like a young inspiring aspiring kid 12 13 year old boy girl looking at Roki, you know oh i want to be like him you know they, they only see where you, you know where you've achieved like yeah. okay they see you now at the ufc they're like oh that's what i want to do that's fine but they don't know all the pain and struggle yeah. and hard work that comes in what you know what would be the advice to these kids what you know what what would you reflecting back say you know 
fighting's great, but you know, do this, do this, do this also. What what would what would be those kind of words you would give? Yeah, kids? I would say um, it's it's um, it's definitely a long road of hard work. Yeah, and that's the first and foremost is hard work, right. and it's hard work at everything you do. Um, of course, while you're going to school, I would def- definitely recommend just keep working hard, be good at at the stuff that you know you're required to do at such a young age. Um, I would say whatever sport you're involved with, you yeah. know, work work hard at it and and uh, and the thing is too is to be patient, you know. Yeah. A lot of these things don't come right away for most people. Um, they have I'm a perfect example, fifteen years of fighting <laughs> to get into the UFC. Like, yeah. You know, you look at that, that's like wow. Right. Then you have of course there's those special athletes who get in their like maybe their second or third professional fight, you know, so right. It's just, man, work hard at everything you do. Um, just be a good person. Be a good person. Yeah. Um, be respectful. And just uh, hard work, man. Hard work. Why, why do you think some of the, uh, we don't have to name names, but why do you think some of the fighters, our local fighters, some of them are really falling off you know, the edge here. They've gotten themselves into drug trouble, you know, rape allegations, all this mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I understand having a tough image mm-hmm. but this is not an image that they would want obviously so this is something there's demons in them that they can't control uh why do you think some of these fighters uh fall off the edge like that and then someone like you and frank you know i know we talked about being grounded earlier but mm-hmm. what what if what, what's the difference what why do you think these guys go that way um you know for me it's hard to say because at the it's really hard to know what people are going through in, in yeah. their daily lives. You know, it's, yeah. sometimes you'll see a, someone in person and you're, you know, you're thinking everything's good with them, but you just don't know what demons they're fighting. Yep. And um, for me, it just, it always goes back to being able to look at yourself in the mirror and, and mm-hmm. being honest with yourself and saying, man, I'm a good human being. Like I, I want to be a, a good human being, you know? Yeah. Um, and for me, I take pride in that. And, um, I look at myself in the mirror and I want to say I want to be a good person for for many reasons but you know I just want to inspire people I just and uh it's just fine I mean I don't know how you, I I can't honestly say how to teach somebody like if I was to tell a younger kid like how do you yeah. how do you get to that point but there's just something inside you that you ha- just have to look at just be honest with yourself you know yeah. and uh there there's like so many things like I care about in the world which is funny because I'm in the cage I'm a, um, I can be that caged animal, like yeah. ready to rip someone's head off. But man, just in general, and uh, being a person in the community, I have like such a big heart for everything. Like, yeah. you know, I see like I'm, I'm a huge advocate for uh, animal abuse. Um, mm. I yeah. work with gain a lot. Um, I've done like toys for tot drives, you know, and, and it's just I don't know. I, I maybe I get a I get a joy from myself. Um, helping you know when when yeah. i can i think you know help people when you can that's another thing i would say to do um just uh yeah man just um be honest with yourself and if you if you are going through maybe some some dark 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 things in your life uh reach out and talk to people you know yeah. um you're not you're not by yourself there's people who care about you like you know so just man reach out to people who who care about you and uh just talk you know yeah um i, agree. I think that's the thing is um, family will be there. Friends will be there for you. You know, just uh, it's uh, there. Tough times happen to everybody, mm-hmm. and there's there's. I mean, I and I can speak on that because I've had 
those dark <laughs> and my younger years you know i've had some pretty uh rough spots in my life where sure. my mom had to come uh pick me up from the cops the police you know police station uh i mean it's been that bad yeah um a lot of people <laughs> actually wouldn't know but at 18 years old i was shot at oh yeah yes from a cambodian gang you know wow um, Good thing uh, they didn't have a good aim. <laughs> yes, very good. You know, <laughs> well, fortunately they they did. I hit my friend's car. Oh. Um, but there's just you know it's as everyone goes through their 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 demons yeah. and you just have to. There's there's always a better side and and I and if anybody can pick that up from this podcast is that to know I've been through like some really dark po- points to where I'm at now and I'm, I feel like I'm living like. To me, I'm living like the happiest life I can yeah. right now, you know, and I could have easily went down a much worse road, like, you know, but mm-hmm. I, here I am now. So I would say don't give up faith either. Just, you know. Yeah. I, you know, the, the guys that I know that are in that fight scene, um, you know, because I think of all the athletes, fighters are the most misunderstood because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they do a living. They make a living out of punching other yeah, people. Yeah. So naturally, people think they're always constantly aggro. Yeah. You know, these animals, um, but they're not. All the, the ones that have been successful both on and off the, you know, the ring, in and out of the ring, uh, have been people that have grounding, mm-hmm. right? And maybe not always so. I mean, I, some of them that I know for a long time, you know, they told me, yeah, I had a very angry childhood, mm-hmm. you know, but I was able to harness that. I was able to focus that, and professional fighting allowed me to do that because it—, it because I get to, you know, for one, you know, for four rounds, I could folk, I could put my problems on that guy and there'll be, you know, yeah. there'll be a solution. Either I lose or he wins, but there's a solution and it's done. Yeah. And I don't have any animosity of that guy after the fight. It's just, that's my mission. Unlike life, which can be, you know, relentless yeah. and solutionless. And I think even now, with particularly with COVID, so many um, unsolved unknowns for a lot of people, people mm-hmm. that don't have jobs right now. I mean, you know, I, yeah, they get the poo and stuff, but that's not how they want to make a living. Yeah. You know, there's no pride in getting government checks. Um, it's something you have to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't ever see, I've never met a child uh, that said, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, I want to be a welfare adult. Nobody says that. You yeah. know, I want to be an architect. I want to be a baseball player, a carpenter, a fighter. Yeah. Right? And we're just taking people's pride away. They're, we're taking their mental uh, well-being away uh, the longer we're sort of shutting down the island. And, again, I'm not vilifying the government. You know, they're doing the best they can. But I wish there was more honest conversations about the effects of this mm-hmm. rather than saying, it's to save people's lives. It's yes, that's true, but you know, in a macro way, yeah. you may be actually ruining people's lives mm-hmm. too. So, I wish the there would be a lot more honest conversation about everything related to what we're doing on the island. And um, and I think that's how you talked. You know what you just said. You shared your your story. And if uh, an aspiring kid, especially if um, he or she's having a rough time with their childhood, you know, mom and dad divorced or maybe had a digits night in their lives for whatever reason, or um, they're getting picked on, bullying, you know, that type of thing. You know, I think hearing that, you know, Rokey, as tough as he was, he was that kid too, Mm -hmm. you know? He was was lost a little bit, and 
but with perseverance, hard work, mm-hmm. belief in yourself, and and uh, you know support from family, yeah, you can make it out of this thing called life, yeah, in a in a good way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I enjoyed our conversation, my man, and uh, yeah. let's. Uh, Let's do one more when you get back. All right, that sounds good. Uh, yeah. Win, lose, or draw. Uh, of course, win. Of course, you know, yeah, we, I gotta we, get that win. Yeah, we yeah. prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Need that one. But um, I think I just want to end with uh, one thing that if if uh, we, if we can, when do you think you know it'll be time to stop for you? Um, for me, that's tough, man. I you know because I've actually retired. Yeah. From fighting. Right. Before it was very sharp, but. Um, I just kind of go by how my body feels. Okay. Um, you know, once these injuries start racking up and yeah. it's just taking its toll on my body, I think that's when I'll start to know that the end's coming near and yeah. I need to really consider hanging it up. But uh, but for now, you know, I'm just I'm a little bit smarter with my body now. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I mean, it could be a couple years, could be next year. You know, I, I don't really know. But uh, but yeah, I, I definitely want to be smart when it when it comes time to make the decision mm-hmm. and uh, and just really listen to my body. Well, you know, as an older man, I'm, I'm 50, so I'm, I'm almost... That's 20- so good. So good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, almost, I'm already 50 this year. Word of advice, if you sprain your ankle while dreaming that you're in a marathon, <laughs> oh, it's time. <laughs> it's time. Oh, man. You're like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, or, I'm getting injuries in my sleep. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. But... Oh, yeah, on that note, uh, you want to do some shout-outs to sponsors or anything like that? Uh, no, just, uh, man, I'd just like to thank uh, friends, family, and, yeah. uh, everyone, all the fans who supported me yeah. just through uh, this long journey, you know. It's yeah. been a wild ride, but just still always grateful for all the support, and especially coming home from, you know, from, yeah. the, uh, from Guam, too. Yeah, well, we're proud of you, and every time you step on that ring and people chant the uh, you know the champs on yeah. and you got the guam flag uh, as your cape uh, we're, we're rooting for you every time i got a little gift for you here. oh man so a little conquer gear for your for your workout this All is right. a breathable cap yeah, thank you. you there you go thanks uh, this is for nice. the victory uh, you don't have to wear it at, <laughs> you know you don't have to wear it at the uh, fight you can just yeah, keep it and this is our uh, national volleyball cap you know all right. Uh, for for Team Guam, so yeah, I know you don't that. play volleyball, but actually, believe it or not, uh, when I was in middle school here, I did play volleyball. Did you? Yeah. So yeah, you got some you got some gear. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you for uh, joining us here at Mint Talks, and uh, good luck. Be safe and fight hard. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks again for having me. All right. Nice All time. right. <laughs>